Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Bitcoin has a pullback, but we're still over 30K. Ethereum transaction fees are gray, and I told you about DeFi, but I'm a day too late because we have new news coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, January 4th, 2020. We are welcoming in the new year. This is the first day that everybody's back into the office. So now I'm getting emails from people that want to come on the show. Things are starting to get back into order. The first day I've turned on the news since the election, I decided to say, look, everything's just too crazy. Everything's just you know, fear and FUD and whatever. I, I'm turning off the news. So I turn back on the news today because I think this could be an important month, not only for politics, for the election, for finance, for the stock market, for a lot of things moving into 2021. This is how we're going to start setting it up. Speaking of setting it up, Tesla up 33 $34 right now, up around 3.5%. I know this shows about cryptocurrency, not Tesla, but damn, go Tesla. Let's get into those crypto prices. I'm recording this at 10.45 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $31,967.43, down 6.23% from yesterday. And yesterday, when I reported it, it was over 34000 So yeah, it's down 6%, but it's still over 30000 So let's make sure that we keep everything in perspective. Ethereum up 22.2%, sitting at $1,057.25. Litecoin, 156.41, up 2%. Chainlink 1367 up 8.8% and XRP up 4.2% at 23.6 cents. Total market cap for all cryptocurrency were at $864.7 billion, down 1.7% from yesterday, with a BTC dominance of 68.4%. Top 10 coins Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, XRP, Litecoin, Polkadot, Bitcoin Cash, Cardano, BNB, and Chainlink. Oh, and you thought I was going to pass this up? Did you guys see the Ethereum rally? I mean, we were just sitting around $700. Now we were popping over $1,000. When did that even happen? Yesterday, I saw it hit $1,006 right when I was going to sleep sleep at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I turned off my phone, woke up this morning. It was around 9.20. I was like, oh, it's over. That's it. We're doomed. We're liquidated. And now we're looking at over $1,000 Ethereum. And we're still look like we're bullying. Other things that we should keep note on, look at Polkadot up 60.5% in the past seven days. But that's enough for crypto prices. Let's get into the news. And now let's welcome Scott Cipollina, writer for Decrypt, to go over some stories of the day. How are you doing, Matt? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year. It's been a while since you've been on the show. And you know what? I was just talking about crypto prices on my last segment. And now we're here. We're going to talk about a little bit about Ethereum gas fees. What the hell is going on, my friend? Yeah, well, um, the, the long story short here is basically, you know, the rising price in Ethereum uh, recently broke a thousand. Um, that's caused uh, demand to sort of surge. And essentially, as a result of that, um, gas fees has have also sort of soared upwards. So that's the long and short of it. And how much are we talking about in gas? This is the future of money everybody's talking about, but it can't be more expensive than, you know, using your MasterCard. Could it be? One, one interesting point that I had a look into today was... Um, 
uh, Alex Svenevic. He's the CEO of an analytics platform called Nansen. And he shared on Twitter today his experience with these rising gas fees. Um, he had to pay $23 for an approval and a separate $83 for an undisclosed transaction. So we don't see the full picture here because we don't know how much money he was trying to move. Um, but we do know that at least according to Etherscan, which is a, a, a data analytics site that, that tracks key figures on the Ethereum blockchain, mm-hmm. um, that gas fees have gone up by almost 400% since just the start of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a, what are we, Jan, January 4th, so I mean, you will take half a week. Um, that's <laughs> a big surge. If you look at Twitter and you you just sort of search for Ethereum gas fees, you'll find a lot of people lamenting the fact that, that this is a problem for Ethereum's make up on layer one let's say and a lot of people are sort of anticipating layer two solutions to come into play to sort of take transactions off of ethereum's main network and hopefully the the byproduct of that innovation will be that gas fees don't explode whenever there's a surge in demand for ethereum or anything on the network itself well that does seem like a problem and you know there's another problem totally unrelated but i I like that segue the other problem is the u.s is trying to get julian assange extradited to the united states and a judge just said no can you tell us about that? That has nothing to do with crypto, by the way, but this is an interesting story. Yeah, well, it's a massive story. I think um, the the decision that's been made today by a British judge has been that Julian Assange does not appear to be medically fit to be extradited. Her concerns, which she she issued in her judgment, which was released today, were that, uh, I'll actually just go and quote it here for the benefit of clarity, uh, I am satisfied that if he is subjected to the extreme conditions of SAMS, which stand for Special Administrative Measures, Mr. Assange's mental health will deteriorate to the point where he will commit suicide. So special administrative measures are essentially these measures that are imposed in an American facility when it is believed an inmate could disclose information that would undermine national security. The British judge believes that Assange would fit that description for fairly obvious reasons um, that I suppose we don't need to go into into too much detail. Um, and because of that, she has decided that extradition is is not something that that Assange could essentially handle from a mental health perspective. And that's been her guiding factor in the judgment that she's reached today. And just to clarify, Julian Assange is the founder of Wikilinks, who has been responsible for hacking and releasing a lot of information on the United States government of like the DNC, the Democratic National Party, and so much more information that was supposed to be classified or a secret and put it out into the public sphere. And just to clarify, this is the Julian Assange we're talking about. Yeah, that is correct. He's also He also stands accused of conspiring with uh, Chelsea Manning, who is a former intelligence analyst of the U.S. Army, in order to breach the U.S. Espionage Act. Um, and another high-profile name in the space, who I'm sure all of our listeners will know, Edward Snowden, he tweeted today that he hopes this decision will sort of mark an end to Assange's case. Although I don't think, I think that's slightly premature because... After the judgment, the U.S. had a period of 15 days uh, in which it could file an appeal to this to the decision, and that appeal has already been um, provided. So it's it it seems as though this won't be the end of the story. There is more to the story. I know that you're going to be back on to tell us all about it. Thank you, Matthew. And in other news. As I reported over the weekend, DeFi has $15 billion locked up in it. First, I want to acknowledge how crazy that is. When I was reporting, when we first started the show, it was like, oh, DeFi got $3 billion. Maybe it's going to hit 5 Then it hit 5 maybe 10 by the year's end, and it hit 15 But four days later, we check again, and it's at $17.3 billion locked up in DeFi. That's crazy. DeFi is not stopping. Who has the most locked up in DeFi? Well, it's Maker, Ave, and Compound. 
and call this a PSA again. This next story is a PSA, a public service announcement. Scams are everywhere during a bull run, and they're smart. And some are just stupid, but everybody's so euphoric and so greedy right now that they're going to try to make any little bit of money. They see people making money and we're like, oh, I can make a little bit more or I want to get on this. But I want to just, you know, jump past the huddle part <laughs> and just, you know, kind of just make some money. Well, this next scam was done by a greeting card maker. He masterminded a $350,000 crypto con. Umesh Verma, 60-year-old man, and his son, they created a website called Pluto Exchange to sell false tokens called CoinZarus, promising returns of 20 to 30% in a month. Well, they hoodwinked everybody. They got the money. People tried to complain. They used false addresses, and they took the money, and they skipped town. So please, take this as a warning. You're going to hear these reports come out more and more as time goes on. Just learn from them and hodl. Hodl your private keys. Don't answer anybody's messages. Don't show your balances. Don't do anything, but just keep quiet and do your own thing. And finally, there's a couple links that I want you to click on in the show notes. It's about if stable coins are a security and they won't be a security. <laughs> this is an interesting thing to consider because we already saw Ripple get deemed a security by the SEC, get sued by the SEC, and a crash happen. And the SEC is looking at stable coins. They've always been looking at Tether. But on December 30th, they said they're going to look at stable coins more closely. This article from fxstreet.com entitled U.S. Treasury to Consider Stable Coins a Security puts out a lot of reasons why the U.S. puts together a lot of reasons why the U.S. Treasury might deem stablecoins a security. In that case, we're talking about BUSD, USDC, USDT, or Tether, which a lot of volume comes from Tether, a security will wreck the crypto space for the short term, maybe even the medium to long term. But then, as a rebuttal to this article, Paolo Adorino, the CTO of Bitfinex, said this, Reminder, Tether is registered and regulated under FinCEN as all the centralized competitors. Strict KYC AML is applied to all Tether Direct users, as the other main issuers are doing as well. So this brings up a debate. What happens if stablecoins are a security? Do we see a huge drop in a liquidation of everything? Is FinCEN, Tether, and other stablecoins already doing the KYC AML and the procedures needed? And even if they are deemed a security, they're already taking the measures that will protect them in the long term? Do they not even pass the marks of the Howey test? I mean, remember, it's a stable coin. You are not going to make any money off a stable coin. But that's one of the checks of a Howey test is that you have to be giving somebody money and they have the fiduciary duty to make you money, that you're investing in something because it's going to make you a profit. Well, stable coins will never make you a profit. That's why they're stable coins. So it's interesting how they would want to apply the Howey test and what they would say a security is if they deemed the stable coins a security and what the stable coins are doing on the back end to already maybe preemptively protect themselves from being deemed a security. And maybe this is all FUD because reasons. Anyway, we'll see how this plays out as we always do. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everybody.